Hi everyone, welcome to the Nerd Degree. How are you all doing? Yeah. Oh, good, there's nice. some enthusiasm. <laughs> yep. Okay, so the Nerd Degree is a quiz show I have gathered together four of the nerdiest writers I could find. And uh, I'm going to be asking them questions that, uh, well, I've spent the last week trying to come up with as obscure questions as I can. Who's the uh, real nerd, Brendan? <laughs> oh, it's me. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, I, I think that being a nerd, really, it's about not being ashamed to love the things that you love. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'd just like to maybe ask the audience a little bit and see if I can find out a little bit about what you might feel nerdy about. <laughs> so um, just, okay, let's, let's just start off with some obvious nerd things. Uh, who here likes Star Wars? Yeah, okay, okay. Yep. Who here likes Star Trek? Oh, okay. Um, okay, who likes going on treks? Uh -huh. um, and who likes watching history documentaries about war? <laughs> I mean, it is Father's Day. Um, um, let's see, who likes the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Oh, yeah. Who likes sitting back and marvelling at the universe? <laughs> oh, that's nice. Uh, who likes Lord of the Rings? Uh, who likes Lord? <laughs> who would give Lord a ring if you had her number? <laughs> uh, who likes Batman? Who likes bats, man? <laughs> All right, well, we've got massive nerds here. I think it's time to uh, get on with the show. So let us meet our, our two teams. Uh, let's see, we'll start on this side. We have Karen Healy, young adult author and incorrigible know-it-all. Uh, round of applause for Karen Healy. Everyone. Karen, have you ever been on an adventure? I went on an adventure on Thursday night, Brenton. I uh, read fanfic written by a friend of mine uh, <laughs> at a reading at Coca, and then I went to karaoke with professional wrestlers in a dive bar. So it was incredibly adventurous, and I had an awesome time. It's just your everyday this is my everyday Thursday. <laughs> Would you care to elaborate on the professional wrestlers? Oh, sure. So New Degree fans will know that we had a wrestling episode, uh, which was guest uh, emceed by um, Christchurch professional wrestler A.K. Sweet. Um, and he was reading Batman fanfic at the... <laughs> I think actually genuinely by a friend. Uh, and then, um, yeah, we just went out to karaoke. He threatened to put me through a table. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, and uh, on Karen's team as well, we have Jolisa Gracewood, uh, writer, editor, oh, throw some fans in. Uh, writer, editor, editor, translator, urban activist, cat lady, and silly sausage on Twitter. Um, Jolisa, have you, have you been on any adventures? Been on adventures. The biggest adventure I ever had was a very short one, which was a uh, sort of accidental on purpose home birth that took half an hour. <laughs> <laughs> and after that, I felt no need to ever run a marathon. <laughs> done it, it's done, it's all good. Um, but yeah, I, pr I prefer the little everyday adventure. Um, sometimes when I go to the library, they don't have the book I'm after, and so I have to go to another branch. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> Whoa. I believe that was covered in the Silmarillion. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, and opposing uh, these two, we have uh, another team. We have Dr. Erin Harrington, writer, critic, and academic, focusing on horror. Yep, gross stuff. <laughs> gross, gross stuff in <laughs> general. Gross lady monster stuff, yeah. Um, how do you feel about adventures, Erin? I'm, I'm really adventurous when it comes to things like food and music and film and stuff, but when it comes to actual adventures, I'm unadventurous. And the first thing I thought of when you 
mentioned um, talking about adventures was one time when I was really little and I got given some gold coins to go to the dairy to get something, probably milk, and I lost one of the coins and I felt so bad and I thought I was going to be punished, but I hid for um, <laughs> possibly two, maybe three hours and only emerged when I think I realised that my parents had sent out a search party and might have been calling the police. <laughs> I see, so. basically an anti-adventure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> good. Um, and joining Erin, we have Nick Lowe. Uh, writer, artist, and Gore-Tex aficionado. Absolutely. I'm a Gore aficionado. <laughs> hey. Oh, yes. So we've got Gore and Gore-Tex. Um, one of J Jane Austen's lesser known. Um, Nick, tell me about an adventure you've been on. I, I went on an adventure when I went on a book tour of India, and oh. I decided that just going to India was way too easy. So we decided to go across India by train. But that was way too easy. So we decided to take an entourage, but that was way too easy. So we decided to take a traveling library with us. Uh, but just a small library was way too easy. So we commissioned designers to build us custom luggage that were suitcases that turned into bookcases. Oh. And we took a thousand books with us, but that was way too easy. <laughs> so, so we had to actually set them up on train platforms as we traveled across the country, but that was way too easy. So then to really cap off the adventure, we decided to catch 16 hour third class sleeper trains all the way across India. And when we got off at Kerala, we realized that the luggage wasn't with us. <laughs> and then the train started to move. And then we started to run. And we finally managed to make them stop the train, slow it down. And when we finally got the cases with all of our books off, this is tens of thousands of dollars worth of stuff. And we unloaded them onto the platform. We realized that in the night, as we'd been traveling, the local fishermen had put all their fishing catch on top of the bookcases oh. and put ice on top to keep it cold, which had then melted. And at that point, it was way too hard. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a good story, but have you ever lost $2? <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, so uh, we have two teams. I will be distributing points in a fairly arbitrary fashion. Uh, you're going to need team names. So, um, Karen and Jolisa, what is your team name? We will be comparatively literate sure. because we are. Yeah. Comparatively literate. Yeah, we've both got comp lit degrees. Yeah, about that. Erin <laughs> yeah. and Nick. We're essentially illiterate. <laughs> so those movies you watch. Yeah. Mm. Comparatively easy, literate yeah. and essentially illiterate. Yeah, yeah. that's it. All right. Okay. Well, I think it's time to get into the questions. So here is my first question for you. If you've got the answer, and I mean it's pretty straightforward, just uh, just tell me uh, what connects these three things. Men with no heads, men who use their one giant foot as an umbrella. You talking? <laughs> you saying them out loud? It's Jonathan Swift. Hold on, one one at a, one at a time. Okay, now if you think that the connecting thing is the fact that I'm reading them out loud, <laughs> we are going to. This is going to be a very short. Uh, <laughs> there, there's there's one more element. So uh, also, right, okay. uh, men that lived only off the smell of apples. Oh. So what connects these three uh, things? Oh, Bearing no. in mind that our theme is adventure. Was that the Voyage of the Dawn Treader? There's, there's certainly mm. little hoppy one-foot men. I don't know mm. if there's apple huffy men. <laughs> were they all sea voyages where these things were discovered? Yeah. So the Voyage of the Dawn Treader and then um, Gulliver's Travels and mm. something else? I, I mean, I will give you points that they were all... Uh, discovered on expeditions and that they are all fictional mm -hmm. um, but, but were they 
fictional things found on real e expeditions by people who didn't recognize what they were seeing. That is, that is closer to the fact. These are all things uh, or people that uh, explorers have claimed to have actually met. <laughs> uh, so, uh, if we we have some we have I have some illustrations here. Um, <laughs> Sir Walter Raleigh uh, oh, claims to have encountered the Iwapanoma, uh, who he described as having eyes in their shoulders and their mouths in the middle of their breasts, and uh, that a long train train of hair groweth backward between their shoulders. Mm -hmm. um, we have uh, the Greek, Greek explorer Cisseus. Uh, Met the skyopodes, um, who had one leg and one giant foot. It's when like it... the reverse um, Monty Python foot. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it goes up. Well, that guy's clearly put his foot in it, but the yeah. other guy should have fit while he was a year. <laughs> um, we also. <laughs> oh, I, I'll have to give you some points for that. <laughs> and uh, another Greek explorer uh, claimed to have met a, a tribe of men who. Uh, didn't eat, but only inhaled smells to survive. Mm -hmm. There's no il illustration of them, so I'll provide instead this illustration of a tribe of people whose feet went wrong backwards and a tribe of people who just have enormous ears, um, <laughs> which also apparently uh, people admit. Were they like those oxygenarian people who were on 60 Minutes who pretended to only eat oxygen, but then went and scarfed snacks when the cameras were Oh, on? yeah. No, I loved how that they were always like, sometimes I eat a cheeseburger just for the taste but I can survive on oxygen. <laughs> <laughs> yes, all right. Uh, next question. Charles Darwin, uh, of course, he explored a lot of things. He explored mm -hmm. what it was like to marry your cousin. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but he, you know, he, he famously explored the Galapagos Islands. What did he do with the Galapagos Island iguanas that he had studied? Did he eat them? He did eat them, <laughs> yes. <laughs> In fact, uh, he ate almost everything that he studied. So he started off uh, studying... I as love, a, was it the theory great. of degustation? <laughs> theory of evolution? You've got to digest your research. It's yeah. Really yeah. <laughs> I see where this is going. <laughs> so even as a teenager, he would eat the beetles that he was studying. Okay, um, no, that's, that's, that's a fetish. Like, that's, that's not, yeah, that's not scientific discovery. That's like, when I study something, I must consume it entirely. Has, has anyone read um, Blood Meridian by Cormac McCarthy? Oh, yeah. The judge, the character, the judge, he's like seven feet tall, completely hairless, no eyebrows, no hair, nothing. And he's a student of the world. He's, he goes out, he studies things, but everything after he studied it, he destroys it. So he, he finds like 30,000-year-old cave paintings, copies them into his notebook, scratches them out. And so you think Darwin was like, yeah. no one else may know about these iguanas. <laughs> exactly. Although that's a lot of iguanas. To <laughs> Oscar Wilde famous. So he ate, he ate beetles, is what we're we he uh, So he, he's eaten a hawk, he ate a brown owl, which uh, he found too disgusting to finish. Uh, he said armadillo tasted like duck. He ate a puma. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Why he, do you care more about the puma than you do the armadillo? It's true. He it's ate a giant tortoise, which he loved for its buttery taste. Oh. Uh, but do you know what the best meat he ever ate was? Man. <laughs> <laughs> of course, I mean, he did study, of course, the, the was evolution it the of meat. 
Uh, it was not that he, he single-handedly ate all of the dodos. No, it was a sleek brown rodent from South America, um, which we think was probably the agouti, which is uh, pictured here. Um, you know what it reminds me of? The Roman thing that they used to get a quail and put it inside a duck and oh, put yeah. it inside it. So I'm imagining yeah. like one of those stuffed inside an armadillo, stuffed <laughs> inside an iguana, stuffed inside a... I mean, a tootle. Oh, yeah, oh, when I said he ate all these things, he ate them all in one day. So. <laughs> <laughs> all right, you, need, uh, you need a picture book like The Very Hungry Caterpillar. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, very, very, very yeah, the Very Hungry Naturalist. The Very Hungry Okay, what, uh, what connects 5,000 light bulbs, a coffin, and the heart of Louis XIV? Oh, God. My deepest, darkest fantasies. <laughs> that's, that's like great decor for some kind of cocktail party. It really is. Mm. Yeah, yeah, so these are these are all the things you're displaying, 5,000 yeah. light bulbs, yeah. a, a coffin. In a big room, but the coffin's in the middle, and the heart's on the coffin, uh -huh. and everyone's drinking. I remember that party. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Uh, <laughs> um, are they, do they all run on electricity? Yeah, those battery-powered coffins. No, the battery-powered coffins. <laughs> ah. It takes at least six men to lift it. The, the, that's not the answer. It is actually somewhat connected to our previous topic of discussion. They were all eaten by Darwin. <laughs> <laughs> they were all things that they all were things that have been eaten. Mm -hmm. So someone oh. ate five thousand. Todd lights. Robbins, uh, who's a circus performer, uh, has eaten at least five thousand light bulbs. They called like omniphages or something like that. Yeah, I think mad is the <laughs> other <laughs> term. Uh, he says that the only injury he suffered is a, a, a few cracked teeth. Mm -hmm. um, uh, Michael uh, Lotito ate a coffin, mm -hmm. um, I think, to show his <laughs> dominance over death. <laughs> and, Ironically, uh, he died later that <laughs> evening. And uh, William Buckland, who was a theologian, geologist, uh, contemporary to Darwin, mm. Um, in fact, Darwin described him as a buffoon. Um, he was at uh, visiting uh, Lord Harcourt, and Lord, Lord Harcourt was very proud of the fact that he had Louis XIV's heart on display. And um, the story goes that um, Buckland said, could I just have a taste? <laughs> I just, just want to see what it tastes like. And then he accidentally swallowed the whole thing. And that's how he became king. <laughs> and that's how you get your heart in your throat. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, that wasn't very good. Was it, was it pickled? Was it dried? I mean, it was, it it was it preserved. preserved. Yes. There was actually a lot of cannibalism in the West in the 18th and 19th centuries. It's yeah. a well-documented mm. thing. Victorian London, you could buy these tinctures that had blood in them. Mm -hmm. There were all kinds of things. Bits like of ground-up mummies and everything. Yeah. Just yeah. sprinkle it on your the eggs. Relics of saints, yeah. snort them. Yeah. Yes. Victorians ate a lot of mummies. We're not kidding. That's a, that's yeah. a thing that happened. Um, yeah, yeah, Buckland, like Darwin, tried to eat everything that he could find. Mm -hmm. um, do you know what the worst thing he ever ate is, according to him? Darwin. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, as he was being devoured, he was like, you buffoon. <laughs> Blue bottles, apparently, are the oh, worst tasting yeah. things yeah. that uh, he could find. Were they dead or alive? Like, it's like the old lady who swallowed a fly yeah. for the bus. But it's stinging Have any of you ever eaten anything weird? Not on purpose. I've, I've <laughs> made a grasshopper stir fry. How was it? 
we went tramping around Stewart Island. Was this out of necessity? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and we calculated how much dry weight per day we would need to do a circumnavigation, and we underestimated quite significantly. Uh, we did survive that trip thanks to a Department of Conservation work team, which left us two enormous tins of condensed milk. <laughs> but it gave us the idea of learning how to eat from the bush. So the next trip that my brother and I went on, we decided to try and eat everything we could. And so we would walk along on the tops. This was in the, in the Kahurangi National Park. Mm -hmm. We would catch grasshoppers in our hats as they would jump, and we collected enough. And so at dinner that night, we made a stir fry with grasshoppers. They are actually brilliant with soy sauce. I can yeah. second that. I've yeah. eaten grasshopper. It was salt and vinegar flavoured grasshoppers mm. like a packet of crisps. Oh, where? London. <laughs> <laughs> Exotic London. <laughs> um, it was Victorian London. Yeah. Uh, okay, here's, uh, let's move on to our next topic. You find yourself confronted with a popular series of books first launched in 1979 and written by a lawyer and a retired school teacher. If you can identify the series, turn to page 78. Choose your own adventure. Choose your own adventure. So you would like to turn to page 78? Yes, thank you. Um, okay. I'd like to flick to the back to see. <laughs> <laughs> you want to you put your finger and, yeah. and check? Your vote. Yeah. Okay, so uh, let's see. On page 36, um, let's see. A door to your right flies open, throwing a brilliant shaft of light into the corridor. Suddenly, you're surrounded by a circle of snarling chimpanzees. <laughs> they begin to close in. The end. My, my favourite Choose Your Own Adventure book, the only way that you could get to the end was by cheating because Ooh. all of the, the normal ways that you followed it would take you to something, but it wanted you to use your creativity to find the kind of utmost plane. Interesting. Yeah. Mm. Kind of meta. That, that, awful thing to do to a child who follows <laughs> the rules. But Life lessons. Here's the thing about these, if, if we move ahead to uh, these pick-a-path books, yeah. uh, Choose Your Own Adventures. Um, they were incredibly popular in the 80s, um, so popular, in fact, that the, the release schedule was one per month. Mm -hmm. And when you're trying to write a book every month, <laughs> things get pretty buck wild. <laughs> um, so some of these got pretty meta. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to look at some covers from some different uh, Choose Your Own Adventure books. I've blocked out the title. And just from the illustration, I want yeah. you to see if you can identify <laughs> that what the story is about. Can you guys see? This? Uh, <laughs> the Gay Pride Voyage of the Eagle. Thor figures himself out. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty close. This was yeah. the trumpet of terror. Oh, oh there's a that's a trumpet. Okay. Uh, okay, let's have a let's have a look at uh, this one. Oh goodness. Oh wow, that's beautiful. Uh, high school with Dracula. High school with Dracula. Yeah, pretty close. This was the uh, Vampire <laughs> Express. Uh, um, oh, 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 bad touch, bad touch. Um. um, um the tea party does Christmas. <laughs> so this one uh, is called Hostage. Um, does anyone know why this uh, this Choose Your Own Adventure book kind of stands out from the crowd? The mustache. The, mustache. <laughs> um, the photorealism. Is it like the, the only one involving the President of the United States? I don't know the answer to that. What I can tell you is in this story, uh, one of the paths you can go down is, so you're taken hostage, mm -hmm. but partway through, you can, if you want, Join the terrorists Ooh. and yes. train, train to be a terrorist yourself. Yeah. Right. Um, the Patty, the Patty Hearst part. Yeah. So, um, what about what about this one here? 
What? This, it looks like Mad Max goes on kind of safari. safari. Yeah. Mad Max on safari is pretty good. This is the race forever. Um, do you oh. know what was uh, what was weird about this particular book? Was it like an Ouroboros pick a path? Like it just kind of yes, it was. <laughs> if you took if you took the wrong path, it would loop you back to the wow. to an earlier page. So you would actually literally be following this book forever. There are actually still children stuck in their <laughs> bedrooms. <laughs> Large adult children. Struggling to turn the pages with their hugely overgrown nails. Um, okay, what about this one? Whoa. <laughs> What's that? That's, that's, that's a, a zen oh. slip and slide. It's a, a zen slip and slide, that's pretty good. It's a, it's Is a, it Pikea and the whale? <laughs> the boy who could be a shark. It's yeah, this is, of course, the book titled, You're a Shark! <laughs> <laughs> this, so much this, makes sense. This hostage renamed from, You are a terrorist! <laughs> so, first page of this book, you're hiking in the Himalayas. Yeah. And, um, you, you essentially you no die. one for sharks. You, you die and then you're reincarnated into all of these different animals, <laughs> including a shark. And then Darwin eats you. <laughs> well, the freakiest part is so in part of it you're a shark who eats an octopus. Yeah. Later on, you're reincarnated as an octopus who's eaten by a shark. I would love to have been in the room in the brainstorming sessions <laughs> and coming up with these books. I imagine was we've got a month. We've got to do write another book. Yeah. I don't know. What if we? What if you're a shark? <laughs> Um, okay, this one, this one. So, so that's that's aliens on Easter Island. Like, uh, this is a this is a little known work by Barry Brailsford. <laughs> <laughs> I'm seeing a tampon of the terror. Moai the Moai tampon of terror. terror. <laughs> oh my goodness. That's pretty terrifying. Um, ghosts. So this is Inside UFO five four four zero. Anyone know what's weird about this particular story? What isn't weird? It actually happened. <laughs> it actually happened. Well, uh, so uh, this is one where you can be uh, split by a dimensional portal to two different parts. But this is actually the one that you were talking about before, Erin. Oh, yes. There is a special ending that you only find if you search through and go to 100, page 101. Yeah. Um, so nothing will lead you there. Uh, and you'd have to break the rules of yeah. the game. Yeah. The one rule of pick a path books. <laughs> you have to break it to find the happy ending. Um, Okay, uh, let's look at, I think, one more. This one, this one is called Hyperspace. Grab School of Terror. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, yeah. But there's a couple of very unusual things that happen in this story. Does it cross over with Wrinkle on Time? Now, you're pretty close. It does cross over. With You Are a Shark. <laughs> <laughs> please, please. So here are the two things, two things that happen. One is that you discover that you're, in fact, a character in a dream of a coma patient, mm -hmm. and that if that patient wakes up, you will disappear. Mm -hmm. The other thing is that you encounter the protagonist of another Pick a Path story, mm. and you encounter Edward Packard, the writer <gasps> of the Pick a Path like story. In, like in the Dark Tower. I was going to say, he's Stephen yeah. King Stephen before King. Stephen King. This wow. is Stephen King before Stephen King. This is Inception before Inception. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Pick a path books, weirder than you thought. I used to write my own, because there was, because I'm a nerd, uh, because there was a book at the school library when I was in primary school that would give you a template so that you could uh -huh. figure out, but all of mine were monster things. Uh -huh. And all of mine you got viciously dismembered by some kind of monster on page I, A friend of mine um, wrote a pick a path um, space romance story. That doesn't sound like your friend at all. No. <laughs> 
My friend has wide-ranging tastes. Uh, I, I actually was hired to write a pick a pass <laughs> um, oh a couple of years ago. Where is it? It's in Melbourne. It, the 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 play, Okay, so this is how it works. You got your mobile phone. You put in headphones, and the way that you picked the path was by the route that you walked through the city. Ooh. So I wrote a story based on all the locations around the city, and you're listening to the plot. And if you want to follow the militant armed Hari Krishnas with Kevlar vests underneath their orange robes, <laughs> um, go left. So you go down the laneway and then the plot takes that path. But if you want to follow the six foot six sea captain with the giant white beard and the wrench over his shoulder, who's on his way to shut off the pipeline of money that flows under the city, mm. uh, you go right. So this was for the Melbourne Writers oh. Festival. And so we just, I just had this wonderful day of sitting on a street corner and just watching people walking around with headphones on, <laughs> just kind of being like... <laughs> <laughs> how, many, how many people followed the militant Krishnas and how many followed... The, the awesome. It was kind of the, the premise for the story was that you're walking through the city and you notice that all the ATMs are broken, mm -hmm. all the people at their shops, their cards have stopped working. There's arguments and fights mm -hmm. breaking out in banks, and then you see people in high vis uniforms spreading throughout the city. These kind of crack squads leaping out of vans and disappearing down manhole covers, and you go up to them and you say, "What's going on?" And they're like, "The pipeline, the money pipeline, it's blocked." <laughs> And so your job as the picker path is to try and get to the source of the blockage and decide what to do. And it turns out that the Hare Krishnas have sabotaged it. Um, <laughs> Typical. Typical, yeah. yeah. So, Wait, so yeah. highly, highly sophisticated kind of so concept. Is this your anti-capitalist fantasy? Well, it was a thing that I got to inflict on a fair chunk of the Melbourne Writers' <laughs> Festival. <laughs> it was controlled by GPS. It was all by GPS. So, yeah, you walk around and you get the story. The audio yeah, yeah. is read out based on oh when... Um, do you know what, know the TV series Blue Healers? Yes. You know the guy, Tom, who's the cop, the kind of sergeant guy? So he narrated it. <laughs> and we had this wonderful day in the studio where he was actually doing the recording. And, he'd get, you know, they these days, professional voice actors, they just turn up, they get given the script, they read it out. And afterwards, he put it down, took off his glasses, and was like, well, that was weird. <laughs> <laughs> I'm picturing an updated version of the, of the original Choose Your Own Adventure with, with GPS. Well, that was the idea. This, is, this could be the new Choose Your Own well, Adventure. Exactly, except that all of these would be like, you are on the couch. How do you do that? <laughs> it leads you to a hospital where you see a man in a coma. And yeah. that's where his dream. <laughs> okay. Um, a genre is born. All right. Let's uh, let's let's move on from uh, choose your own adventures to um, let's let's talk about adventurous travel. Mm -hmm. um, so this island looks like an inviting place, but mm -hmm. uh, visitors are forbidden to this island. Does anyone know why? Is it the Star Wars Last Jedi Island and you can't go there because it's sacred to the memory of Luke Skywalker? <laughs> because there are too many porgs. Uh, uh, is it, You're is an it, endangered species, is, Brendan. Is it because it has been bought by a Silicon Valley billionaire? Ugh. No, no, although that's believable. Uh, so this is off the coast of Sao Paulo in Brazil. Um, it's called, and I apologize for the pronunciation, Ilha de Quemada Grande. It's got a really big... On it. It's got a really big something. Yeah, it's got a really big oh. snake. Um, the snake gets a whole island. <laughs> it's known as... Darwin never found that island. <laughs> <laughs> He's probably lucky that he didn't because uh, this is the home of the golden lancehead viper. Uh, its venom is so powerful that it actually melts human flesh. Wow. Just by looking at it. So, you, <laughs> so what you're saying is you can go there, but only once. <laughs> um, yes, well, at your own peril. So, yeah, uh, 
the Brazilian government. I like that he's got a little helper bug on him, like <laughs> like, yeah. like in the old Thunderdome. You've got Master and Blaster. <laughs> <laughs> he's got this tiny little bug whispering in his ear, telling him who to attack. And the bug's got malaria, probably. Yeah. <laughs> um, is there just the one snake, or is there a family? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there's just one really... There used to be right. lots, but now there's yeah. one giant. <laughs> That's how that works. It absorbs oh, all cause the other... Because it, 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 it got all the other dots and yeah. uh, just got longer and longer. That's how tonight works as well, right? <laughs> yeah. um, okay. Uh, anyone been here? Is that, is that a salt lake? It is in southern Nevada. Area 51. It is Area 51, oh. yes, Edwards Air Force Base, uh, as it's known. Mm -hmm. um, I don't really have anything to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it looks like, folks. Yeah. I don't yeah, think you're allowed to say anything about that. Oh, yeah, sorry. I have a lot to say about it, but can't. <laughs> don't, don't, go, don't the Google bots normally pixel out all the exciting stuff? That's what they want you to think. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe maybe it's a double bluff. Maybe there's there's nothing interesting there. Maybe maybe that area isn't even there, and it's just a mirage that the wizards of the division have laid. Out. You know what the um the the thing that's completely undone people's attempts to blur out military uh, installations is Strava. Does yes. anyone do people yes. here know what Strava is? So it's an app that you use to log your training runs or your mountain bike rides. So it turns out that the US military, the personnel at the Ford bases that are all top oh. secret, are going on training runs and they were all just logging their runs on Strava. Yeah. <laughs> and Strava's got this thing called Heat Map, which it shows global activity. Yeah. So it's just like here's a spot in the Afghani desert. That's just going, you can like, oh, that's where all the soldiers do their morning run. Death by Fitbit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, here's, a, here's another island that is off limits. It's in the Bay of Bengal. Any idea why uh, North Sentinel Island is off limits? Bay of Bengal, is it now underwater through climate change? It may be on the way out. That's a, that's a possibility, but that's is not it the because reason. sentinels from the X Men <laughs> that have been reprogrammed to uh, destroy all humans and not mutants have been quarantined here? I want to say you're close, <laughs> but you're not really close. <laughs> that or all the tigers that Darwin didn't eat. <laughs> the sanctuary island from uh, Darwin. Um, it is uh, so. This is. One of the few remaining. Oh, I do know this one. Actually. One of the few remaining tribes that mm. have resisted all uh, human contact. Mm. So they will literally kill anyone who tries to visit them, um, and so it has been declared uh, off limits. Well, the, the the reasoning that I heard behind that was not that uh, we stay away because they'll kill us. Because basically, they have they're, they're a Stone Age people. They have mm. sharpened sticks. Um, but because we are Oh, yeah, so we, we could take them if we wanted we to. <laughs> but we could take them by walking close to them and then all of our horrible viruses and bacteria, that they are utterly unprepared. We are the monsters. Our yeah. horrible Petri dish bodies. So that's why. Very nicely put. Mm. Um, okay, speaking of inaccessible areas, mm -hmm. um, what is the most inaccessible part of Disneyland? Is there some secret control centre where... Walt Disney's frozen body is just like <laughs> looking out across the park, pulling. Well, so his frozen body is pulling levers. Yeah, no, I didn't, I didn't say he was rigid. I just said he was frozen. Is it the tunnels? 
So there, you're, there are tunnels under Disneyland so that all of the characters can mm -hmm. um, access different parts. And regenerate. <laughs> <laughs> There's one part that's very, very accessible because Banksy managed to break in there into Disneyland. Oh, yeah. So you're coming down the log ride, you're going at high speed, and what do you see on your left in the beautiful jungle kind of area is a figure in Guantanamo Bay orange fatigues. Hooded with its hands cuffed. What Banksy. Was that Dismal Land. Dismal Land, yeah. you called it. Yeah, somehow managed to smuggle this figure into Disneyland. Wow. Yeah. Is there a secret space, like, it's got to be a secret space in the middle of It's a Small World, where there's like a portal to a really small it's world? It's a very, very small <laughs> world. <laughs> Macro world. Is uh, it the very top of the tower? Um, so apparently there is like a, an apartment at the top of the mm -hmm. tower, but there's actually, uh, so there's a secret club. Mm -hmm. exclusive club inside Disneyland called Club 33. Um, there is a 14-year-long waiting list Whoa. if you want to uh, go to this restaurant. And even if you wait those 40 years, you also have to pay a $40,000 initiation fee uh, and a $27,000 annual fee to maintain your membership. Will you eat Mickey? <laughs> <laughs> yes, you, you get to dine on Mickey. Yeah. <laughs> what, so, so what do you do in that club restaurant thing you just get to sit there safe in the knowledge that poor people are, are not allowed to be near you <laughs> um it was it was set up by Di by disney himself so mm -hmm. there's um a lot of kind of antiques and things in their original oh sales. antiques i think i would pay forty thousand yeah. dollars to see some antiques. yeah <laughs> <laughs> you just walk into the one on colombo street Basically Three. the same, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> Much shorter wait list. <laughs> okay, let's, uh, let's move on to uh, another kind of adventure. Uh, what, how does a spray bottle, some masking tape, and some maple syrup help you hire a moped? Do you, like, set a moped track? <laughs> <laughs> like, with, like putting the masking tape upside down so it's sticky side up. Yeah. And then lure it. And then the maple syrup holds it, yeah. glues it in place. What kind of a scenario might be you'd be called upon to... Uh, use these different items. A MacGyver scenario. A MacGyver scenario. Sit <laughs> in Canada. Um, you're, you're, you're pretty close. So this is, um, this is we're talking about uh, PC adventure games, mm -hmm. uh, which were oh. very exciting back in the oh. 90s. Oh, point like, and click. Point and, point click. and click adventure is games. Is this like a, a what are they called, <laughs> Monkey Island? Yeah, so that, that kind of thing. So um, this particular puzzle was from a, an adventure game called oh, Gabriel Knight nice. 3, Blood mm. of the Sacred, Blood of the Dam. Anyone yeah. here played it? Yeah. You have? Like a very long time ago. So then you would have solved this first puzzle where you Don't had me. to hire a moped. Oh, I think I remember it. Um, so this is, this is considered by some to be the worst puzzle in all of adventure mm. gaming. <laughs> <laughs> so in it, uh, our hero on the left, Gabriel Knight, um, has to disguise himself as uh, his friend Mosley uh, so that he can um, hire a moped. What this picture looks like, even though it looks very sophisticated when it came out, is that icon that that woman tried to... Yes. Yes. Oh. The, the monkey. Yeah. monkey Jesus. Um, so uh, in order to do that, um, Gabriel Knight uh, puts down some masking tape, then scares a cat so that it runs past the masking tape, then attaches that the fur from that masking tape to his upper lip with maple syrup <laughs> to create a fake moustache. Um, <laughs> Like, <laughs> like so, um, so that again, so that he can um, impersonate his friend. Can anyone see the floor in this plan? Is this the friend on the right? Yes. He'd have a better chance by just drinking the maple syrup and waiting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah his friend doesn't have a moustache, <laughs> so he then has to draw a moustache onto his friend's passport. 
course. <laughs> that. Um, and that was the first puzzle of the game. Mm. Um, but yeah, adventure games were really good for that. So in RuneScape, uh, you had to uh, tr suck a seagull inside an accordion um, for the obvious reason of making the accordion sound a little better. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that you could then fire the seagull out of the accordion to alert a prisoner who was, wasn't paying attention to you. <laughs> um, Wouldn't but, shouting have so, been easier? So much of the design of these games was just take your bag of holding and hover <laughs> any item over any other item until and something see what happened. ding a ling a -ling. <laughs> Um, but Erin, before you mention yeah. MacGyver, mm. so I think we should talk about mm. my hero, yeah. <laughs> MacGyver, who is capable of taking any number of objects mm -hmm. and using them to solve any problem. He's holding the tampon of terror right there. <laughs> <laughs> um, so here's what we're going to do. I'm going to tell you the objects that MacGyver had in front of him, right. and you are going to tell me what problem he solved <laughs> using like those objects. MacGyver Jeopardy. Yes, so uh, reverse MacGyver. Yeah. So here's, the, here's what he had. Cleaning fluid, a telescope, mothballs, rope, a pulley, and handlebars. What it, is MacGyver trying to pass it, his driver's license? Uh, <laughs> it's an assassination attempt during the Tour de France. Yes. Um, where he needs to sight the pack coming along, using the telescope from a long way off. He's got the mothballs laid out on the ground, ready to receive. He's got a loop in the rope to catch the rider that he wants, a pulley ready to go. The ultrasound and cleaning liquid is to drink once this is over. Because, <laughs> um, so that they can't interrogate him. Exactly. <laughs> I, I, did anyone else see that episode? <laughs> it was the final episode. <laughs> is he is he like preparing for a dinner party? <laughs> um, I've, I've got it. Yes. Okay, so this was the well-known haunted ballet school uh, episode <laughs> where. <laughs> um, so first he had to escape from the costume cupboard where the mothballs, he set them on fire so that they would, they would burn a hole in the door and he could get out through it. It was hard for the moths. It was, it was incredibly it. hard for the, yep. for the moths. Uh, then he had to get through the, the barre room of mirrors, which reflected yourself back at yourself to the point where you would become mad. Whoa. So what he instead did was ride through on a bicycle, pulling himself along with the rope and the pulley, uh, using the ultrasonic cleaning liquid, which as we know, shatters glass, to uh, bring down the glass around him. And then at the end, now this I thought was particularly ingenious. He doesn't actually use the telescope part of the telescope, but the tripod part to vault over the armed ballerinas at the end of the hall so that he could escape. That was uh, an episode of Magnum PI. <laughs> oh my God, damn it. Uh, of course, what MacGyver was doing with these objects was making a rocket powered harpoon gun zip line. Oh. <laughs> mm. Again. All right, uh, what did he do with uh, candlesticks, microphone cord, and rubber Kill mat? Murder. Kill mustard. <laughs> <laughs> Is this a computer problem? A, is it a computer problem? I think it's a computer problem. Is that thing on the right a yoga mat? No? Well, it's a, a it's a rubber mat. A rubber mat. That is what it's happens when different. you Google rubber mat yeah, okay. and, and then put it in a PowerPoint. <laughs> <laughs> had, he, had he given up on adventuring and decided to start his own yoga YouTube channel? Yeah. Wellness like incense initiative. Campbell yeah. candles. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Slash dungeon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah dungeon yoga. It's the new thing. Uh, of course, he was creating his own defibrillator. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, sure. 
looks like he's slaying him. Peaceful and dungeon you. Kind of looks like he's killing a vampire. Um, okay, what did he do with a sleeping bag, uh, vodka? <laughs> <Not> that, <laughs> that, that right there was my 21st. <laughs> but you, no, tell us the, tell us the yeah. non oh, oh, So obviously it was, uh, he created a snow-destroying bomb to escape from an avalanche. Wow. Ex what? No, no, he, he, he just drank all the vodka and imagined he created a snow-destroying bomb, but actually died of exposure. The rest of the series was his hallucination. <laughs> the, the vodka and the snow thing does actually work, though. I went on a climbing trip once, and a, a friend who was Ukrainian took a large bottle of vodka with him. Of course. Uh, I got up in the night to pee after we'd had a bit of a drinking session, and he had fallen asleep on his bivy bag, on his sleeping bag, but completely on the, in the elements. We were camping at about 2,400 meters, and I couldn't wake him up. I'm like, you need to get in your sleeping bag. But he's, he's Ukrainian, and he drank so much vodka that he was unkillable. <laughs> <laughs> and and I, just, I managed to drape things over him, yeah. and he was fine. He was totally fine. It was your MacGyver moment. It was. <laughs> The rest of the show has been cancelled. We were just going to have story time with Nick. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, it's good. Oh, I love it. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell us uh, about the 21st. <laughs> <laughs> that I don't remember. <laughs> okay, well, let's try one more MacGyver moment. Um, what did he do with batteries, an electric mixer, rubber band, serving cart, and half a suit of armour? <laughs> Made a really good pavlova. <laughs> <laughs> Served to the suit of armor. Yeah, in the suit of armor. He was, he was, of course, um, uh, he was getting shot at by a paramilitary. Um, so he stuck the suit of armor on the trolley, and he used the rubber band and the batteries in the mixer to send it across the hallway. So they would send all their bullets at it. And then he could hit them in the back of the head with rocks. Uh, Karen, that, is, took, that is exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> I can write for the <laughs> Wow. I knew we'd get one answer eventually. I didn't think it would be this one. Um, the, the, yeah, the only slight uh, thing that was different was that it was a, uh, a heat-seeking automated machine gun. Uh, rather than a paramilitary organisation. So he... Um, <laughs> he warmed up the suit of armour by putting a pavlova inside it. <laughs> yes, put a nice warm pavlova inside the suit yeah. of armour so it attracted... Pavlova shouldn't be warm. Oh, yeah, no, you're right. This is before. <laughs> and that's why you would have got shot. <laughs> I still think it looks like some weird eyes wide shut type scenario. <laughs> yeah, that's what he was trying to get to, the eyes wide <laughs> shut room. Um, okay, uh, let's... Uh, Oh, no, I've turned it off. <laughs> Wait, no, we're back. That's right, that's right. Okay. Let's take a, let's take a brief um, sidetrack. Let's talk about movies. Mm -hmm. Adventure movies. Okay. Well, specifically movies with adventure in the title. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to read you a quote, and you're going to tell me if you can identify what movie it is from. Feels like movies. <laughs> okay, let's find out. We, we, read, <laughs> we read books. Yeah, just ask them. I watch yeah. movies, but I'm real bad at movie trivia. Yeah. <laughs> so this right. should be good. Here's yeah. the quote. You tell me what movie it's from. There's a lot of things about me you don't know anything about, Dottie. Things you wouldn't understand, things you couldn't understand, things you shouldn't understand. 
So, so, okay, someone at the back of the... She, she's on our team. <laughs> okay, what, what is it? Yeah, that's my oh. sister. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, no questions from no answers from the audience. No uh, would you like to phone a friend? Please, please. <laughs> hey, hey, Gemma. What? It's Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Pee Wee's Big Adventure is correct. I, yes. I remember now. <laughs> it's all coming back to me. All right, next one. What more do you want of us? We've come all this way, no thanks to you. We did it on our own, no help from you. We did ask you to fight for us, but damn it, don't fight against us. Leave us alone. How many more sacrifices? How much more blood? How many more lives? This is my 21st. I don't, <laughs> I, I don't know, but I loved the reading. <laughs> it, was, it was good. How many more lives? Bell wasn't enough. Acres wasn't. Now this girl. You want another life? Then take me. The Adventures of Baron von Munchausen. You can make it. Keep going. Get them through. No, keep going. <laughs> then it's just a stage direction. <laughs> Falls into flaming water below. Mm. No? No. Anyone? Mm. Oh, yes. <gasps> <laughs> From the audience, it was. Donna's on our team. <laughs> the Poseidon Adventure. Oh. Flaming water. Yeah, yes. Yeah. All right. Mm. Strange things are afoot at the Circle K. Oh, is this um, um, one of those Kevin Smith? It would please. You know, <laughs> I thought you would know me better than that. <laughs> All right, here's some more. Here's some more dialogue from this. Okay, wait. If you guys are really us, what number Bill are we thinking tits. of? Oh. Bell and Ted's excellent adventure. This, this... sixty-nine, dude. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I watched that movie so many times as a kid, and I was like, how did they know it was sixty-nine? <laughs> Why would? Why would they have thought of that number? It makes no sense. <laughs> so if anyone knows, tell me after the show. We'll tell you what. Okay. Uh... <laughs> oh! Frisky audience. You know, I've been doing this show for four years. <laughs> this is the first time I've been propositioned mid-show. <laughs> Um, when, when does it usually happen? <laughs> usually they wait for the end. Um, your reality, sir, is lies in Balderdash, and I'm delighted to say that I have no grasp of it whatsoever. All right, here's another quote. <laughs> and that was only one of the many occasions on which I met my death, an experience which I don't hesitate strongly to recommend. Baron Wood. Von Munchausen? Yes, The Adventures of Baron Munchausen. <laughs> I looked over your shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> ten points, ten points! But, but I did, did say it earlier, and if you we did. were playing some weird pick-a-path thing where yeah. you, like, yeah. loop through time... Also in the spirit of the pick-a-path exactly. adventure where you have to cheat <laughs> to get to the place you want to go. So you admit it. Yeah, I mean, I, you admit I'm going to take one point off for cheating and add one point for honesty. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be a good parent. <laughs> but no points for time travel. No. All right, uh, one more. Hey, 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 hey now, don't be mean. We don't have to be mean, because remember, no matter where you go, there you are. The hey, 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 hey is giving me Jimmy Stewart vibes. <laughs> no? Okay, Christmas. another, the, the White House wants to know, is everything okay with the alien spacecraft from Planet 10? Or should we just go ahead and destroy Russia? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> ripped from the headlines. <laughs> that was, of course, The Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai Across oh. the Eighth Dimension from 1984. <laughs> um, okay, here's one more quote. Uh, sucking at something is the first step towards oh, being sort of time, good at something. Oh, adventure time, adventure time. Jake the dog, and it's my mantra, and I've got it up on my wall at university. For all your students to see. I do, I do. I use it in class, and they, they think I'm a highly mature individual. <laughs> all right. Uh, well, uh, we have time for one more round. I'm just looking at the scores now, and it's pretty close. Pretty close. Pretty close-ish. <laughs> there's, um, well, there's four points in it. Oh. And this last round is for five points. Whoa. Oh. Whoa. So, I mean, it's anyone's game. Yeah. <laughs> and this is the debate round. Mm -hmm. So here's how it's going to work. I'm going to give you a topic. You're going to argue back and forth. And then the audience will decide who has made the most convincing case. Mm. So uh, a theme is adventures. We're going to take our inspiration from... Uh, J.R.R. Tolkien, mm -hmm. uh, who said that the greatest adventure is what lies ahead. Mm -hmm. But I also uh, remember from Lord of the Rings, he said, uh, it's a dangerous business, Frodo, going out your door. You step out onto the road, and if you don't keep your feet, there's no knowing where you might be swept off to. Mm -hmm. So our topic today is whether or not you should leave your house. <laughs> <laughs> I think we'll have strong views on each side. Um, so let's see. Um, what, what, what was your take? Functionally illiterate? <laughs> I'll answer to yeah, that. Yeah, that'll do. Okay. <laughs> uh, you are going to be arguing for going outside, okay. for leaving the house. Okay. Right. Okay. And comparatively literate, you are yep. going to be arguing for staying at home. This is beautiful. Right. Right. We can do this. Right. We can do this. <laughs> <laughs> so here's how I'll give you like a minute, minute and a half to make your opening statements. You'll have time for rebuttal, then closing statements, and the audience will vote uh -huh. on whether they want okay. to leave the house or stay at home. Right. <laughs> yeah. um, so let's let's start by hearing the argument for leaving the house. Okay. Okay. So, so the greatest adventures that you can have, whether or not you like big adventures or little adventures, can be had by opening the front door and heading out. You don't even have to head out very far. It could just be a few steps. could be across the world. Mm -hmm, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, the, 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 I think the really key point that we all need to keep in mind here when we consider this question is the fact that once you've left the house, so the house that you will be leaving when you first leave the house is your parents' house, right? Yeah. Now, He's redefining the moat. No, <laughs> bear with me. So when you come to return, uh, the, 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 the thing that we must all bear in mind is that there is absolutely no possibility whatsoever of any of you ever owning your own home. Oh. <laughs> there, there will be no house to go back to, right? So anyone of our generation, mm. uh, yeah. basically you can't have adventures at home because you don't have a home. You rent <laughs> until you die. Erin, so, so you, <laughs> the, the entirety of life then becomes an adventure. The moment you step out, it. it becomes an adventure. It's you versus the property market. It's just, it's, you know, and you can, and even if you wanted a little adventure, you could take one of those plastic core things and make yourself a little tent. Yep. One of the things that the um, 
that the real estate agents want to sell you a house with, mm. a for sale sign, mm. or you could um, <laughs> construct a massive biplane out of core flute real estate signs I, and go on a massive adventure. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be amazing. I've got to say, Nick, after all your stories of like <laughs> Indian train trips, <laughs> drunken Ukrainians, <laughs> I didn't expect your argument to be housing market. <laughs> 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 All right, let's uh, let's hear the argument for staying I'm, I'm, at home. I'm going to just point out that homelessness is not an adventure. It is a tragedy. Um, and that the best adventures can be found inside a home, ideally one that you uh, have equity in, but if not, <laughs> one that you have the internet in, because the uh -huh. internet is the point of all adventure. Exactly, and I find it very strange that they're, they're trying to sell you an adventure of freezing to death, and just, just because Nick tried it one time and it worked. <laughs> yeah, no, I totally agree. That's not just go on the internet. No, 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 no. Just do everything on the internet. Uh -huh. In fact, you should all go home right now and just watch this on uh, the internet. So you but, mock us, Nick, but if, if if everyone in this room who are book-loving individuals yes. could, in fact, uh, transmit their virtual body to this space, instead of having to get up and put clothes on and not smell, <laughs> would that not, in fact, be yeah. a much better adventure? You're right. You could have sex and not actually have sex. <laughs> yeah. Virtually, that'd be great. It's but much tidier. If, if what you're looking to do, though, is, is actually sort of freeze a bit and be homeless and wandering about and being lost, then the best way to do that is to open a wardrobe, Ooh. as anyone who has read a book knows. So leaving the house going for an adventure. Yeah, yeah. you're still you're in the house. No, you're this does raise a question. Whether Narnia counts as yeah. inside the house. <laughs> <laughs> okay, wait, we, we do need to interject here because there is a thing called roaming data. So you can, you can enjoy the internet wherever you go, but there are other benefits of being outside. Fresh air, check. Mm -hmm. Skies, check. Mm -hmm. Grass, check. Highly overrated. Animals, check. Mm -hmm. Armadillos, another check. Are they a subset of No, animals? they've been eaten. Oh, armadillos <laughs> have been eaten. Other human beings? Yep. Check. Uh, friends, we are all outside of the house right now having a beautiful adventure together that you would not have had if you sat at home alone. <laughs> Unless but you had more, a virtual body. Exactly. And yeah. more people than are in this room right now are listening to the podcast Ooh. at some point in the magical future and they're all in their houses. Who said that they're in their house? I listen we to did. podcasts yeah. when I go to the gym. <laughs> oh, Erin. The gym is a kind of a house. <laughs> <laughs> It's the house of the hardcore. <laughs> <laughs> the gym is a kind of house. <laughs> <laughs> this is well, our argument, well, and we I'm, will stay by it. Strong, strong <laughs> um, I, I, I'd like each team to make a make a closing statement after this stirring intellectual debate, uh, and then the audience, by means of applause, will de decide who is the winner. So, leaving the house. Leaving the house. Wherever you go. There you are. <laughs> <laughs> I'd just like you all to look deep into your hearts and think about the future. If you had to choose one of two futures, will you sell to your grandchildren the future of here is your bedroom, here is your bed, stay in it forever, or here is your front door, open it, go outside and see what the world has to offer. Think about the children. <laughs> think about the children. <laughs> Whew. And you ain't Naked having any children, children if you just stay at home alone. <laughs> <laughs> On the other hand, you won't have any children if you stay at home alone. Uh, staying home. Wherever you are, there you are. So stay home where your favourite mug is waiting. <laughs> exactly.
exactly. Um, I think there's a reason that Arthur Dent roamed the universe in his dressing gown, just looking for a good cup of tea. Mm. Uh, we all want to come back it's to his where house we got are. blown up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and he didn't go out there saying, "Woohoo!" Now I, I, I extend my adventures into the universe. He was constantly looking for home again. He had know, PTSD. Home <laughs> is home. where the heart is. It is. That's right. The, not the pickled heart, but the guy. No. <laughs> not the cannibal heart. Home is where Louis XIV preserved heart is. He had a really big home. This is important. Yeah, he did. That was a really long closing statement. So was yours. You, you guys <laughs> talked through their closing statement. <laughs> Only to make it more interesting. Oh, oh. Mr. Think About the Cats. Right? <laughs> okay, so... Well, folks, you've heard the arguments. <laughs> Clear, concise, well argued. Now it's time for you to decide between leaving the house and staying at home. So please, by applause, who thinks that we should leave the house? <laughs> thank you, thank you. And who thinks that we should stay at home? That was, that was very close. Mm -hmm. Close in the kind of way that people voted for both. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I am going to just have to think about that for a little bit. <laughs> while, I'm, Carry the one. while I'm adding up the scores again, um, is, there, uh, is there anything that you would like to uh, just... Uh, I don't know, recommend or uh, plug to the audience, uh, Karen? Um, I spent $400 on books this weekend, which I hardly Ooh. recommend as an activity. Um, so if you want to buy a book for less than $400, I have a book of three short stories on amazon.com.au, which I put on special in honour of Word Festival. So they will cost you about a buck fifty New Zealand if you want to get those. A buy-in. That sounds fantastic. Um, yeah, I would recommend... Um, I don't have anything to sell. I'm, I'm here purely for love. Um, for the love of this festival, which has been amazing, um, and also for the love of... We rented a bike and went for a bike ride around Christchurch, and it was bloody gorgeous. So, yeah. Do you recommend bikes? That's my recommendation. <laughs> awesome. um, um, Nick? I'd like to... You know, in the spirit of debate, disagree and say that you do have something to sell, and it is fabulous to tell you what anthologies. Yeah. Of, uh, for those of you who don't know them, the the their uh, what is it the annual collections of the I was going to say best, but it's yeah. not best. It's Juiciest. Well, you're in great, it. It's the best. Great, great <laughs> New Zealand non-fiction. They've got uh, three anthologies out now, Thank you. and it is just some of the finest non-fiction mm. writing in New Zealand. Oh, and Jaleesa is one of the editors, so. Thank you. <laughs> also, by yeah. Erin. Uh, um, I I have written a book. It is called uh, Women Monstrosity and Horror Film Gaine Horror, and it does not cost a dollar fifty. It costs two hundred and fifty dollars <laughs> because it is an academic text, and they are not priced for proles like you and I. So what what I ask is that you ask your library to. Um, to either interloan it, borrow it, or buy an e-copy, especially if you attend an institution. So that's not very sexy at all, but that's, <laughs> that's my plug. And it's the first major academic work on gender and horror for 25 years. Nice. So, wow. But it's also really fucking expensive. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to really, really want to know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, <laughs> if you enjoy the Nerd Degree, uh, you can listen to our other episodes. They're all recorded and released as podcasts. Just look up Nerd Degree. 
Um, and it's time to decide who the winner is. What if people want to come and see the Nerd Degree? Oh, yeah. So hopefully we're going to be appearing at uh, Little Andromeda, the tent that's going to be over there in like a month. Um, that would depend on funding, I think. Um, but if it happens, we'll be in that tent. Uh, so come and join us. It'll be fun. Um, all right. Uh, so uh, I've just stared at these scores for the last five minutes. They haven't changed at all. <laughs> So uh, the winning team is uh, illiterate something something. <laughs> illiterate something. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming along, everyone. Thank you so much for Word Christchurch for hosting us. Uh, final round of applause for Karen Healy, Lisa Gracewood, Nick Lowe, Aaron Harrington. I'm Brendan Bennett. Thank you very much. Good night. <laughs>